A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. A lot of churches are doing more festively kind of things today. They put red balloons all through the sanctuary or they have a birthday cake and after church they all come up and get a piece of birthday cake just kind of not my thing, so I don't normally think about doing that because I would rather we just be the Pentecost birthday party kind of church all the time, you know? I mean, honestly, if you can't be happy about Jesus, what in the world can you be happy about? Anything? If you can't get excited about the thought that God wants to rescue you from the guilt of sin and from the power of sin, what in the world can you be happy about? It doesn't seem like it should take a special day to suddenly have fun at church or be excited to be here, does it? 
We should come here all the time thinking, wow, man, we get to be in the presence of Almighty God. And God might actually speak to us through that preacher dude. Or through a hymn. Or through a prayer. God might show up and do something extraordinary today. God might speak to me. I don't think that had occurred to these people when they got together in that room. Sure, they were Jesus' followers, but they weren't yet the church in the way that we mean it. They weren't yet the body of Christ on earth. They weren't yet indwelt by the Holy Spirit. They weren't yet the people that God was going to use. But they were about to become those people. Remember Peter? Just not too long ago, we were together reading a story about how Peter denied Jesus three times. And in this moment where he had a chance to say, Yeah, I love him. you dang right. I followed him all over Judea. He said, No, I don't know him. And when the girl asked him, he started cussing and saying, I don't know him. I don't know him. But then all of a sudden, Peter's going to get up and preach a sermon and tell them that Jesus is the Christ. What in the world could make that big of a difference? Most often, people would say the resurrection, and I'm right there with them. But the resurrection of Jesus isn't where the church story ends. And that's why we have this book called The Acts of the Apostles. To show us that Jesus' ministry here on earth doesn't end when He ascends into heaven. There's resurrection. There's the ascension of Jesus into heaven so that He can send to us the Holy Spirit who will be our comforter, who will convict the world of sin, who will offer us pardon from sin in Christ's name and then offer us freedom from sin. Pentecost. It's 50 days after some other day. It was 50 days after the barley harvest. It was a celebration. Later on, they came to celebrate it as the day that God gave Moses the law on Sinai. So it makes sense that all these people would be gathered in Jerusalem for this thing to happen. When God poured out God's Spirit on the followers of Jesus. I grew up here in Rock Hill. How many of y'all remember Sky City? Anybody? Got some old people in the crowd. (laughs) Love you, Jeff. Sky City. I could see Sky City out my bedroom window. Now that was convenient for us because we like to fly kites. How many of y'all like to fly kites when you were a kid? That's good for you. My brother and I decided one day to see how far we could get a kite up in the air. And we went over to Sky City and bought all the kite string we could get with whatever money we had. It wasn't much, but it was significant for kite string back then. And we put that kite up, I'm not exaggerating, I promise, to the point that we couldn't see it. It was out there. Our neighbor, Melvin Jackson, got so excited about the idea that he started getting pennies and going to Sky City and getting us more kite string. And we let that thing go till I promise you we could not see the kite. 
If you had just stood in the backyard and looked at that string, you'd have thought it string just going to heaven. Wonder how we knew there was still a kite attached to it. What do you think? Miss Bell saying something, shout it for us. I could feel it, couldn't I? There's a pull on the string. That kite was so high that we couldn't see it, but we could tell it was still up there because the string was still pulling. The Holy Spirit's a lot like that. We might look at this story and say, oh, it doesn't have anything to do with us. That's back then, preacher. They received that Spirit. Now the church is dead. We just come here to look good to our neighbors. We come here to just kind of be acceptable in society. You know, not too long ago, churches were full because if you wanted to be a business person in the South, you had to be in church. Those days are over. My prayer is that that will be good for the church. That we'll remember that we come here to be blessed with the power of God to go out and be witnesses that Jesus died, that Jesus was raised, that Jesus ascended, and that the Holy Spirit has been given to humanity to heal us of our brokenness and our self-centeredness and teach us how to have faith, teach us how to hope, and teach us how to be a people that love. And we can know that we're attached to the Holy Spirit because you can feel that tug of faith hope, and love. This is not a dead story for 2,000 years ago. This is your story. And that's why it's credible to celebrate today as the birthday of the church. But it's not credible to say that it will be like this forever. That we'll sit around and see tongues of fire on each other. That suddenly we'll speak different languages. That was the gift given that day. You might be given some other gift. The Holy Spirit might use you for something else. These people sing nice, don't they? Not everybody here sings nice. Sings well. Whatever. They've been given the gift of singing. That is a spiritual gift. It comes from the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit is present with us because we feel the pull of the Spirit to things like Sokahatchee that we talked a little while about a little while ago. You feel a draw to come to this place. And you know that's true. At some point Saturday night, Sunday morning, you start thinking about going to worship. Your thoughts turn. There's no reason for that other than God is pulling you. The rest of the world thinks what we're doing is a waste of time. But we come to worship and to be in the presence of the risen Christ. To be blessed by the Spirit of God. To be changed and transformed. Because we know that the kite's still in the sky pulling. Now later on we had to go in for dinner because mom didn't have no patience with the kites in there. We can't come in for dinner. Right moms? So we had to go in for dinner. And we came back outside. And the string was on the ground. That's bad news because it had at least, you know, half a mile of string on it. It's all the way across Rock Hill. That might have been flying over y'all's houses over here. It was coming this way. <laughs> so my brother and I are responsible for kite strings spanning 50 city blocks or something like that that day. But we came out and pulled on the string and we couldn't feel it anymore. 
John Wesley said that his greatest fear for the people called Methodists was not that they would stop having religion, but that they would stop having the power of it. That we would have a dead religion. And a dead religion comes when we give up the thought that God can change us through Jesus. Because that means we've given up the thought that God's Spirit comes to us in our baptism to make us like Christ. To give us lives of faith Lives of hope and lives of love. I have another holdover from my youth today. This isn't an actual quarter from my childhood, but how many of y'all remember when a quarter was worth something? Remember that? There was a time when I was in high school, you could get a gallon of gas for two of them. Now we just stick them in a jar till they add up to something, don't we? But they used to be worth something. But you know, there's still something you can do with a quarter today that you can't do with a $1,000 bill. You can flip it. Can't you? We're going to see if I can do it. You want to do it for us, Marie? No. (laughs) Jake, get my quarter if it gets away from me. I can flip a quarter, right? And I can make a decision with it. Who wants to guess? Anybody? Heads? Tails, you lose. You ever done that? You ever gotten to the point that you needed help making a decision so you flipped a coin to see what it was? Ever been sitting around with your friends and going to decide who's going to pick teams first and you flip a coin? Don't you know that right now when the coin's in the air, don't you kind of know what outcome you're hoping for? When you flip a coin and the coin's in the air, doesn't your mind turn to the outcome you're hoping for? I want to ask you a question, church. And I want you to think about that question as if you had to flip a coin to decide. Because you may not know. You as an individual part of this congregation, as a visitor here, as a long-time guest, whatever you are, you may not know the answer to this question. But if you'll think about it in terms of if I flipped a coin to decide, and when the coin was in the air, what would my heart be hoping for? And here's the question. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you ever feel that tug of God in your life? Do you ever feel God pulling you towards something that you know you can't do on your own? Have you ever felt God pull you towards someone who needed to feel loved? Have you ever felt God pull you towards sharing your heart with another person? Have you ever felt God pull you toward being a witness for Jesus? Have you ever felt convicted of sin? Have you ever pondered your life and seen those places where you weren't all that you could be? Are you filled with the Spirit of God? What we hear in this story is a story of transformation. 
Sure, it's a miracle that people hear other languages. But the true miracle is that a coward named Peter started preaching in the next verse. The true miracle is that a betrayer became a leader of the church. And the true miracle is that that day was born the witness to the resurrection, the ascension, and the power and the glory of Christ. And you are that witness. If God's Spirit dwells in you, The official teaching of the church for as long as it's been around has been that we receive the Spirit of God in our baptism. We ask God to hover over the waters of baptism just like God hovered over the waters of creation. So that the waters are placed on you or you're put under the waters that you receive the Spirit of God and that you were created anew. But dear ones, if we push the Spirit away, if we refuse to be used, if we refuse to invite God's Spirit to be part of our reality, if we refuse to acknowledge Him, then it might look like our kite strings on the ground. But I can promise you that God the Holy Spirit wants to be active and moving in your life because you're here today. God the Holy Spirit wants to free you from the guilt of sin and give you the power you need to overcome sin and to live in the freedom to be joyfully obedient to God, to love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Are you filled with the Spirit of God? Think about that while the coin's in the air. In that moment when you know your heart hopes for a certain outcome. And listen, if your answer is that I hope that I'm filled with God's Spirit, that's a great start. That's a great place to begin. The birthday of the church today, when God poured God's Spirit out on God's people so that men and women would preach the good news of Jesus Christ, the mighty deeds of God. You, dear ones, are those preachers. You are the witnesses. Let us pray. Lord, You have sent Your Spirit to us. You have gathered us in this place. You have given Your Spirit to us in our baptism and called us to conversion of heart and life, to repent and believe the good news that You would heal us of all that is broken in us. And we have been asked if we are filled with Your Spirit as we wonder what this story means for us.
Would you move our hearts to hope for yes? Would you pour out your Spirit on us and you and fill us that people outside of this place would see you in us? Would see your heart, your love, the hope that you give us, the faith that you give birth to us through Would you pour out your Holy Spirit on us and make us your witnesses? Oh Lord, turn our desire to that. This day, as we leave here, send us forth hoping to see you in the midst of our lives. Give us new ears to hear the call of Your Spirit. Transform us. We ask it in the name of Christ. Amen.